Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Vale Hour podcast. This is episode three of the Dr. Vale Hour, and we are very excited today to have some of our staff from Vale Place and two of our clubhouse members I've been lucky enough to get to spend quite a bit of time with, so I'm very excited to have them here to speak with you all. I am Katie Crawford. I am the Director of Advancement here at Vale Place. We are joined by Karina Forrest Perkins, our President and Executive Director, Chad Bolstrom, our Director of clubhouse programs and public policy, Richard, one of our clubhouse members, and Robin, one of our clubhouse members. And we could not start off our podcast without thanking our sponsor. Our sponsor of this week's podcast is Shots Real Estate Group. Shots Real Estate Group is a company dedicated to improving the industry, and they are calling the shots. It means world-class experience focusing on you, the client. How do they do this? They listen, they communicate honestly, they keep you focused on your values. Their goal is to earn your trust and the referrals of your family, friends, and coworkers for all of your real estate needs. They strive to be your real estate consultants for life. Thank you, Shots Real Estate Group, for sponsoring this podcast. Without further ado, I will turn it over to Karina to kick off this podcast. Thank you, Katie, so much. It is always an honor to be with my Clubhouse colleagues, and today we are able to really teach our audience what Clubhouse is, why it is so impactful, and the difference that it makes in the lives of so many globally. And so today, I'd really like uh, to hear from Chad. Chad is, as Katie introduced, Chad is our director of Clubhouse Programs uh, for Vale Place, and he also leads our public policy strategy. And I'd just really like to hear from Chad about his experience with Vale. He's been here about 10 years, and I think him watching Clubhouse evolve and what we're doing in the state of Minnesota would be wonderful for our audience to hear. So Chad, could you talk a little bit about that? Thanks, Karina, and thanks everybody for being here. Um, I think, uh, as Karina mentioned, I've been with Vail Place for just a little under 10 years, and during that time I've worked in the Clubhouse or uh, through the Clubhouse model for the entirety of that time. Um, I've had the opportunity to watch our community grow and change and shift some ways uh, that we had chosen um, in kind of with the intent of uh, reaching new audiences or being able to be more successful in in making impacts in the lives of our members. Um, And some not intended uh, in when we've recently received some funding uh, issues and challenges uh, based on kind of changes in our local county structure. I think one of the things that I'm most excited about is that those changes actually seem to be kind of rebounding in a way that's really uh, positive in in all senses of the term. For us here at Vail Place, um, we're looking at expanding clubhouses that we are able to support and offer. Uh, So I'm excited to share that we'll be opening a clubhouse in Ramsey County uh, in addition to the two clubhouses that we currently operate in Hennepin one here in Hopkins, and one in the uptown neighborhood of Minneapolis. But beyond that, really I'm most excited about the idea of expansion of clubhouse services and expansion of communities like Clubhouse um, across the state of Minnesota. Um, This trend has been actually operating, and the Clubhouse model has been operating for over 75 years and and now is uh, in 34 countries and over 340 locations across the globe. 
But one of the things that we have at times here in Minnesota is struggled is that we're the only two accredited clubhouses. We're the only uh, community practicing this in a, in a uh, per the standard and the model. And, and my colleagues here uh, will talk more about kind of what that means. But I think I'm, I'm most excited about the fact that we'll be able to grow this model and be able to reach more people across the state of Minnesota. Uh, because I get to see daily uh, what a clubhouse community, uh, what a difference it makes in people's lives. And I think the fact that that's been limited to a relatively small community here in Hennepin County um, is really, it, it doesn't serve any of us here in Minnesota. And so I'm, I'm going to talk more about that as we, as we move forward, but I'm, I'm really excited to be able to share that information and looking forward to helping our community here in Minnesota learn more about Clubhouse and learn how it can help to support their community mental health in a way that maybe hasn't ever been um, supported before. So with that said, I'm going to pass uh, to my colleague Richard uh, to talk a little bit about the Clubhouse, the Clubhouse model, Clubhouse standards, kind of what is a Clubhouse, Richard? Uh, clubhouse to me uh, is relationships, uh, community, opportunity. Uh, there are standards, 37 of them. Um, they're put out by Clubhouse International. Uh, they're like a member's bill of rights. They help members uh, with uh, following the Clubhouse model. But the real thing is Clubhouse is a community, and Clubhouse offers opportunity. You, you get into a Clubhouse and you get opportunities to do things, like make cheesecake. And I just want to add, I have had the cheesecake, and it is absolutely delicious. So if you are ever at the Clubhouse for a tour, you should ask if it's cheesecake day and have some, because it's wonderful. Or uh, cook in the kitchen, or uh, work the reception desk, or do a video. You know, there's all these opportunities that come up in the in the clubhouse, and uh, you get to work with other people, and that's the relational aspect of it. Um, you get to work with other people, your colleagues. Um, there are no clients in the clubhouse. We're all members and colleagues. Members and staff work side by side together uh, to get things done. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a different atmosphere than other, other institutions. I think that's a fabulous transition in some ways, Robin. I think you have made that story of, of the clubhouse model kind of a reality and talked about kind of ways that it's made impacts in your life and how you approach um, the, the community, the work of our, of our community. Could you share a little bit about that? Uh, yes, um, being a part of the clubhouse uh, has given me a sense of purpose. Um, I feel useful, um, I'm wanted, and I'm needed and missed when I'm not there. That's the, the part of the community that really connects people. You, you develop good relationships um, with friends and staff. Um, and definitely, I mean, you, 
you are a part of something, but the important thing is you're not a patient. It, we are colleagues, like Richard said, um, and we do things to operate the clubhouse side by side with staff, and that's the part that makes you feel useful and have a purpose because together, um, this is how the clubhouse actually operates. Um, so side by side with staff, we do everything from um, the clerical work, everything that goes into the computer, to cooking the meal, um, to running the snack bar, um, the maintenance stuff, uh, cleaning. It's all done together and it's, it's that way on purpose to get everybody involved and have that sense of community. And also, um, the fact that you're missed when you're not there, that also says a lot about being a part of a community. You have a lot of um, relationships with people. And it, being at the clubhouse keeps me out of isolation. Um, and that's very important. Uh, to me and my providers. Um, they um, encourage me to uh, keep being involved in the clubhouse. But what I like doing most is being a part of, uh, like running the snack bar or um, helping with the dishes, um, for example. Anything that that contributes to the, the well-being of the clubhouse. And I always say, I've been a member for 17 years. Um, and the reason why I'm so into it is because I want the clubhouse to be as inviting to newcomers or even the ones that have been there um, a while. I want it to feel to them as good as it did to me on my first day. Wow, that's um, it's very powerful. Uh, both from what you said, Robin and Richard, I, you know, I'm just sitting here writing down some of the things that you're saying and being wanted, needed, and missed when you're not there, and that is so true. I, I, I wish that everybody could have an opportunity to be spend at least a day. <laughs> if not several days working side by side, our colleagues in the clubhouse environment. It is a powerful life changing experience. Uh, one of the first interactions I had with Robin was when we were at Day on the Hill last year. You know, I've been here just a little bit over a year and uh, Robin and I were sitting uh, side by side in the policy meeting, getting ready for the day and we're, uh, able to go with the group throughout talking with legislators and, and just educating them on what we do and what recovery really looks like when people thrive and you're uh, able to actually provide, um, you know, the edu you're, you're able to teach people. And, and that's what I really want for our audiences today is to learn from you what is the difference, what would you say is the biggest difference between an experience in the clubhouse and in this, this very unique community versus every other part of the mental health system? What, what would the two of you say to that? 
Well, in the rest of the mental health system, like with when I go in and see my doctor, he has very little time to see me. Uh, he uh, sees me and then that's it. Uh, you know, appointment over, you know, I'm dismissed. Uh, he updates my meds and that's that's all there is. Uh, when we talk, we talk very little. Uh, you know, it's, it's primarily how are you doing? Uh, are you having any hallucinations? Uh, you know, things like that. Uh, I haven't had any hallucinations in a while and I credit that to Vail. Uh, I haven't been in the hospital since 2008. I credit that to Vail. Uh, I, uh, I've been a member for 17 years, and in 2006 when I started, um, I was taking classes at the VA and doing social rec at Vail, so I wasn't really involved too much at Vail. Um, and the first couple of years, I was just sitting around and drinking coffee and talking to other members in in the the big room in the uptown. Uh, and so I, I wasn't really involved in the work order day. But uh, after uh, my rehospitalization, they changed my meds, and I came back and I got more involved with Vail. And then I started doing things at Vail. Uh, I started doing what was called dinner sign-up. And after that, I just kind of took off. I started working the snack bar, and then I went upstairs and worked the business department. and. Uh, that one thing led to another and different opportunities, uh, as I call them, uh, you know, they, they just opened up. And then an, I was asked to speak at a fundraiser uh, tour to Vail about how, what Vail had done for me. And that led to another fundraiser, Dr. Vail Hour, where I performed. And I performed for four years in a row at Dr. Vale Hour. Uh, so, uh, and then after that, I was on the board. And I served on the board. And opportunity followed opportunity. So, um, yeah. You can't get that anywhere else. Right. I, I couldn't agree with you more as I'm just listening to all of the examples and, and thinking of... You know, one one of the pieces of this, one of the things that really attracted me the most coming to Vail uh, in a leadership role was that members were on the governing board of the organization. Members had advisory councils at each clubhouse. Members had opportunities to determine what goes on on a day-to-day -day basis. The collegial way that we work alongside each other is very different than pretty much any other environment I've ever seen in the mental health system. And I've been in it for about 24 years, almost 25, actually it's probably 25. 
Robin, what about you? What do you think is the biggest difference between Clubhouse and the greater system? I think Clubhouse, we're very fortunate that there's no cost um, to the member. Um, that really, really helped me um, in the way that when I had my breakdown uh, back in 2006 um, and ended up on um, disability through my job, um, after a point, they wanted $1,200 a month for me to pay COBRA to stay um, in different healthcare uh, needs, like seeing a therapist, seeing a psychiatrist, um, meds, anything I needed, um, just wasn't accessible to me. I could not afford $1,200 a month COBRA plus keep my other um, financial obligations going. So my psychiatrist said, um, check out bail, which I did. And I'm very grateful um, that she knew about it. And I wish that other providers in the community did. Because I think that's one of the things that's very important is that providers know um, to refer people here to add to Vail Place. Uh, it's very important to stay connected. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's incredible. And, and Chad, one of the things that you said was there's just, you know, you've been here for 10 years. You're now leading a public policy strategy that impacts educating decision makers at uh, our government level, our state house, and really stakeholders across the, the state in general um, about the value of the model and wanting to, to figure out ways to get this out the door and more accessible to more people. Can you talk a little bit about what that process has looked like for you and, and the part that's exciting and also the part that's challenging? Yeah, um, I, I think it's, it's interesting and I wanna just kind of acknowledge, I started uh, working in ment mental health in an adult day treatment program and got to see how our treatments and therapies in Minnesota are, are actually above average. We do well in being able to help support people in acute phases of their, you know, recovery. I think the place that I, you know, was drawn to Vail Place was some of the things that Robin mentioned, that, that there was no financial burden to participate. There was no um, need for uh, timing uh, that would, you know, you have three months and then you need to, uh, step away. I, I can't tell you how many times we've watched different social system, systems around us, um, insurance things or medical uh, providers or other supports that have either ceased to exist or shifted significantly. And the universal thing that has remained constant is the clubhouse. And I think for me, that that leads to this idea of expansion across the state and then I think of how much of a foundation Clubhouse is in, in, in the two stories that we've just heard today, which I, I, I tend to kind of identify as they're really unique. Richard and Robin are amazing people with strengths and gifts that I feel blessed to see and, and, and experience and work with on a daily basis. And they're not uncommon in the Clubhouse. The clubhouse provides an opportunity for folks to be able 
to share those strengths to be something other than an identified patient who's on a 15-minute billable cycle. And I think, you know, in this idea of uh, public policy and helping people outside of the clubhouse understand, in some ways, I, I think it's kind of the easiest job out there. I mean, I get to bring two people <laughs> like Robin and Richard to talk about the experience of Clubhouse and the way that it makes a difference in their life. And then I just get to explain how it works and why. And I think, I say it all the time, it seems like a no-brainer. I mean, it's, it's humane. It's uh, an opportunity system. We, we, we get people back to work. We get people back engaged in, in the larger society. And the reality is we're inexpensive compared to almost any other intervention. And so one of the things that I feel really passionate about when we go to outside you know, partners and communities and, and what we've been doing this last you know, six months is really inviting every person in our community to come join us in the club. Um, and, you know, we just had uh, legislators from the Hopkins area join us this, this last week. We've been in uh, Ramsey County doing listening sessions with the community and talking to providers about kind of what the clubhouse model could mean to them and look like in their community. And we'll be hosting folks from the uptown Minneapolis community for similar conversations next month and beyond. And so I think... The biggest thing for me that I felt has always impacted or kind of impeded uh, Clubhouse growing, and you hear this at conferences and seminars, is that we're oftentimes the best kept secret in a community. And I think right now, it feels like there's more than ever people asking, what can we do to help people in their mental health? And I think we are taking that moment to capitalize and say, this is something that works. It's evidence-based. The model is based on standards, has accreditation, has a network of, of learning and, and support for one another, and it's all the things that I just listed. And so I feel like we continue to just try and find every opportunity, like this podcast, to be able to share that and to not be that best-kept secret, best secret, but instead are more the best-known service for a community. And I think that's really what we're aiming for. It's part of what you know, our efforts, both uh, on a public policy advocacy, but just in general, in, in our larger community, letting folks know that mental health recovery is possible. Because... I can't tell you how many times I've heard in the clubhouse, if I'd only found this space X number of years ago, my life would have been that much better. And I think about, that's wonderful to have somebody say that they found the clubhouse, but what are, where, where are all the folks that aren't, haven't crossed our threshold yet? And how do we help to make this a reality for them? Because it is a reality that's available. Oh, that's, that's so good. And, you know, I've... Uh, you and I have both been uh, clinicians in the field working in, I've worked more in the substance use disorder field, but also the mental health field. And, and I, I think of the, the barriers again and again is there's a power structure in the system, a, a person, an expert in the room, and, and you're, you know, 
definitely dealing with that power differential. You're dealing with a, a significant wait list. You're dealing with significant cost. You're, you're doing it singularly and rarely as a part of a community. And one of the things that, uh, you know, Clubhouse offers is, is answers to all of that, right? And uh, another thing that, you know, Robin mentioned uh, is it's unlimited membership. It's once a member, you're a member for, for your lifetime. I don't know <laughs> if there's anything else out there like that. It's, it's really an incredible model. And for us to be in a position to be a resource to uh, teach others about the impact that this could have in their community, to learn and listen what communities need. And I mean, that's one of the things that's so cool about Clubhouse is in addition to all that we've talked about, the members and the staff decide together how they want their Clubhouse to be in the community and what goes on every day in the community. And I just don't know that I have ever seen the voice and choice that is fundamentally embedded in the model uh, more than I have at Clubhouse. So I, I just want to uh, ask if anyone has any additional comments they want to make, and, and then I want to turn it over to Katie for a few minutes. So anything else? Robin? For me, and for many, um, the clubhouse model, I think, works best because it's crisis prevention. Um, there are far less hospitalizations for me and my colleagues. Um, and I think instead of um, a lot of funding um, being resourced out to put fires out um, for different occurrences of, of psychiatric episodes, um, instead of just putting that funding into putting those fires out and then putting that person back in the community with little or no follow through after that, it's just, it's, it's a repetitious cycle. And being involved in the clubhouse and having the benefits from it, there's far less hospitalizations. Uh, that's... I, uh, yeah, that's powerful, and uh, we need more people to hear that. Absolutely, more more people to hear that. And I would say that uh, Clubhouse for me represents uh, recovery, uh, not just opportunity and community, but a recovery. Right, right. I mean, that's what all of this is, right? It's it's being well. It's being able to live your life and, uh, and thrive. Just everybody deserves the opportunity to have that maximized for them, right? Everyone does. And if you wait until they're close to losing their life before you intervene, that's too late. That's too late. And I think you're both a testament to what it can look like when it's working well. And I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of both of you. Um, and you too, Chad. <laughs> you too. Um, anything else you'd like to offer at the close? 
Yeah, I think the you know the biggest thing that that we haven't acknowledged about this is is you can see and feel the difference in a clubhouse community the moment you walk in the door. You know, as somebody who's worked in different mental health settings, has visited, supported, engaged people through different supports and social service, I can tell you that universally there's a heaviness. There's a focus on the things that aren't working and the things that are a problem. And I think the thing that you really get from the moment that you walk into a clubhouse is a sense of hope, a sense, you know, as Rick, Richard just said so eloquently, a place of recovery. And I think that space and place of that vibe of feeling like you're surrounded by people who struggle. It's not to say that there aren't moments and challenges. Lots of folks in our community are struggling daily and who overcome and recover. And that recovery is returning again and again and having that space and community to maintain that, that continuity of that journey, I think is truly unique. And it's part of what gets me up and to the clubhouse every day. Um, and I think that um, I'm not alone uh, st staff member uh, or, or volunteer colleague. Um, and I, I really think that that's a, a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, thank you all. I, I can't say enough. I'm inspired every time I hear you. You, um, you really have filled my, my heart today and, uh, and just a, a source of great motivation to everything that I believe in and all of our values together. And I, I wanna thank you for spending this time with us. And I'm gonna send this back over to Katie because she has a wonderful close for us today. Yes, thank you Richard and Robin and Chad. And as always, Karina, it was a wonderful discussion and I'm so excited to get to spend some additional time with you guys. Um, but as you know, Vail Place offers many programs and services our clubhouse being kind of the model of everything we do. Um, we also have our targeted case management. We have our housing programs and services and our community health division. So as we're coming to the year end, 2023 is almost over, which is hard to believe. It's kind of gone by in a whirlwind. We are launching our year end fundraising campaign where you can make a gift to Vail Place to support all of our programs and services and everything we do. And we have a generous donor this year who has offered a $25,000 match for every gift that comes into the door. So for every gift, even if it's $5, it'll be doubled to 10. Um, so he has offered that very generously through December 31st. So if you would like to give or learn more about Vail Place, you can visit us at www.vailplace.org and you can learn about the different programs and services make a gift, or learn more about our mission. And we'd love to have you visit. And once again, I would like to thank Shots Real Estate Group for sponsoring this podcast. We're so lucky to have our sponsors, and we will play this jingle for you from Shots Real Estate Group. And thank you all for joining us. We look forward to our next episode. And have a great holiday season and happy new year. There's nothing more important than a place that you call home. Finding that can be road that very long you'll roam unless you have someone you trust that really tries to guide you that lights your way but lets you leave while standing there beside you well you call the shots when you call shots 
that really is their motto. So if you're tied up in knots, when you search for the plot, just feels like playing.